Today's episode of the Industry Town Podcast is brought to you by John Rosenfeld Studios. Coming up, Jeff Witzke. He's here to talk about film secrets with Wolverine himself, Hugh Jackman, what it's like working with the queen of television, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and Tea Time with Maggie Smith. This pod was recorded a little while back, but it is evergreen. Uh, Just when you hear about Veep and Jane the Virgin, consult your streaming service. And let's get to Jeff. Lock it up, very quiet and still. Ready. Scene one, take three, A mark. All right, we have Jeff Witzke here, and uh, I want to actually jump right in and ask you a very specific question. Oh, dear. Yeah. yeah. I was watching your reel. Okay. I do my research. Oh. Try to be respectful. Fancy. Uh, and lo and behold, I see you in a spacesuit, <laughs> floating in zero gravity, yeah. screaming about bunnies. Yes. I want to know what it was like to shoot Henry Danger. Henry Danger uh, actually is, a, there's a great story about Henry Danger, and that's, um, it was two episodes. It was one episode that they turned into two episodes. Always good. Which makes an actor very, very happy because you work for two weeks. Beautiful. Um, but it is, of course, Nickelodeon um, and uh, kind of shot. It's written multicam, but not shot in front of an audience. Never. Never. All pre-tape. All pre-tape. Great. Um, and uh, as a teacher at... John Rosenfeld Studios, we teach multicam and all this stuff, and we get to the table read, and I've I've done my work, and I'm ready to make the jokes land, and we do the table read, and the director pulls me aside and is like, hey, by the way, we're not like Disney Channel shows, we're very grounded. So all that stuff you're doing, pull it back. And I'm like, whoa, okay. Did you get the sweats? I got the sweats. Nervous? Literally, the hardest job I had, because I got more notes than anybody else on set holy cow i'm like oh oh i have no idea and I, I it was the time where i feel like felt i had no idea what i was doing i'm like i'm a horrible actor i have no idea what i'm doing this makes no sense to me all of my instincts and everything i teach is wrong i was about to give up everything oh no not really but um so what happens? So what happens, we get to, that's all during the rehearsals, and then you get to tape day, where the executive producer is there, uh, the guy who created the show, and we get there, and he's, every single one of his notes was, hey, could you could you bring it up a little bit? Could you, could, we could, live could, yeah, could, yeah, could, could it be funny? Could you make it funnier? Could you put a thing on that? Like, that seemed really low, and I'm like, but they don't. Is, uh, is everyone getting these notes from him, or again, just, just all me. aim just at you? Just me. Okay. Just me. Uh, to the end of where um, it, it turned out fine, but it, it was a big, big mind fuck the entire two weeks because I was like, I, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. So, what do you do when you have that mind fuck? Um, Drugs, alcohol, <laughs> meditation. Uh, uh, I don't. Gosh, I don't really actually remember how I got through it, other than uh, dove into just do what I'm told. Do what I'm told. Ask, ask questions. That's what I did. That's how I got through it. I said, so do you want a two or a five? Like how, like what level do you want this at? And Modulated the director's like, yes, yeah, correct. Give me a two. I'm like, a two you shall get. And how did that affect your relationship with your scene partner? Because you've got like a partner. Yes. Astronaut with you that yes. you're doing all the fun bits with. Yes. And how did that partnership and, work? And he was getting no notes. So he was, <laughs> he was looking at me like, well, must not be a very good actor. No, he didn't at all. He was really supportive. In fact, we joked. He's like, I, 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 I guess I, I guess, okay. And I'm like, yeah, 
Okay. So how do you shoot the zero gravity? Ah, so that that was the most fun was um, to be. We were put on wires and 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 to fly and to. Was there um, training involved? Was there? There was. We had uh, we had the stunt coordinator come in. I got a little pin that I am now an honorary stunt man. Wow. Um, and I had a stunt double, and and we had to uh, figure out. How, you know, we had to do all the tests for the uh, to flying, and then they digitally removed the the wires. But that was my first time, like flying i love that it was it was very special mm-hmm. uh tell me what are you watching right now that you love movies tv anything well um two things uh number one veep is back on hbo and it's just it really is one of my favorite shows of all time They're and it really cool. is it's everything like julie louis dreyfus's career has been literally ramping up to this Everything from, I, I remember her back in the day because I'm old when she was a cast member on Saturday Night Live wow. and she was brilliant. But to watch each, you know, from Seinfeld, hello, she could have been done. But New Adventures Old Christine, which I worked with her on. Ooh, tell us about that. Um, that is by far one of the pinnacles of my career. Great. It Let's is, hear about it. I got to um, work on an episode where it was just two nice long scenes just me and her i played a a car dealer at a toyota dealership where she comes to get a new car and it's just it's kind of like uh one of the storylines of her getting her car and she was just a nightmare customer and i saw the scene that's on your reel one thing that was interesting to me about that is she's kind of playing the beta in that scene yeah right she's yeah. the low status character yes and whether it's Elaine or whether it's Veep or the fact that it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus, I feel like keeping your status in a scene like that would be tough. Very tough. And uh, I don't know, one of my favorite moments is she pulled me aside and said, hey, do you want to run lines? I'd really like to run lines. I'm like, sure. I'll run I lines with, Ju- with Julia. <laughs> um, but it, 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 was, it was phenomenal. It was so much fun. Um, she kept warning me that where this set was was in a corner of the soundstage where she's like, it can feel dead because you're not in front of the audience. So there's a there's a hair delay between the joke and the laughter. Don't let that throw you. I'm like... Expert tip. Well, the cool thing was about working with her, at least on that show, I don't know about other shows, but she was... Um, she did not need to be the funny. She did not need to have all the funny be around her. She just wanted the scene to be funny. And I think that's such a generous as an actor and as the lead of the show and a comedy god in my eyes to be that she's like, no, no, let you get the joke. This is your joke. Wow. I'll just stuff a, a, a donut in my mouth and it'll be funny at, later. But you get the joke. <sighs> that so, sounds pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, I would li- live to be on a set with people who are that uh, generous with all. You hear that that's the story about friends, that they'd all been on pilots before mm-hmm. and that the experience they had was everyone kind of out for their own funnies and that they all kind of looked at each other and said, hey, on this one, how about we all just make it as funny as possible and shoot for that and see where we get. Yep. Um, yeah, I love the first episode of Veep. The fact that they can get jokes out of school shootings yep. is so ballsy and impressive and what, accurate. What I appreciate about it is it doesn't stop. It doesn't slow down to, to you have to keep up. You have to keep up with the comedy, the pace and whatnot. They're not going to stop and go, let us explain what this means. Which means sometimes I'll watch an episode again to go, I, I even missed that joke because stuff was flying by. I just think it's it's just brilliant. Okay, so we're watching Veep. Anything else? You said there might have been two. 
Um, well, the the other was just I just watched a documentary uh, little thing uh, last night. Uh, the uh, Tea with the Dames. Have you Tea heard of this? Tea with the Dames. I yes. have not. Go on. It is a documentary with uh, Judy Dench, uh, Maggie the Dame Smith herself. Oh, yeah. my, all of them. Uh, Joan Plowright and Dame Eileen. I can't remember her name. I'm not as familiar with her, but it's four British dames having tea in the countryside, talking about their lives and their careers, and it was. Fascinating. You know, my brother and I have a game which we've played for years, which is what is Maggie Smith doing right but, now? I love it. That is all, and I feel like this would actually it would either blow the game wide open or ruin it because I think it would probably give me too much of an insight. Well, do you have an idea of what she's doing right now? No. Okay. But when you watch this, whatever she was doing right then just makes you very happy. Okay. Because okay. she's Maggie Smith. She's Maggie Smith. I, I will never forget her from Gosford Park just eating food and saying, yummy, yummy, yummy. Oh, it's just one of my favorites. Go Quick on. acting note from Please. that, which I found amazing. One of the questions they had for them was fear. They're like, at what point does fear go away in Tell your acting? More. And Maggie Smith said, never. She said, when the camera rolls, you're always worried that it will be your fault that you will fuck up that it will go wrong and there's pressure she's like it never goes away and you would think i mean i'm sure at some point she doesn't care anymore but i thought that was interesting that we as performers are always on a tightrope but that might be what makes us do what we do and why we do what we do I wonder if someone had followed up with, but was it ever your fault? And of course she'd edit, oh, <laughs> uh, no, no, never. Certainly not. <laughs> um, so uh, tell me, you, you had something you wanted to bring up about, um, about a meeting with a casting director friend of yours. Yes, yeah. I have a casting director friend and we were just at lunch and, and she had just gotten done casting a pilot. And I thought um, I'd ask her a couple questions about that. And what was interesting is she said that uh, and very early on in the casting process, they had she had seen both the male and female lead, and she thought to herself, "That those are them. That's the people." She right knew there. it. She the, knew the it. Moment they walked in, halfway through the read, uh, by the end of their read, she's like, "That that's that's the person." They had to go through weeks of seeing other people internationally around the world to find these characters. Uh, and I'm not. I don't mean to sound like douchey, but I'm not sure if I'm able to talk about it or not. So I'm just going to keep it general. Keep it general. Um, but she, but she knew that. And, um, and then they ended up casting these two people, this actor. Did that make her feel good about her instincts and what she knows? Or did it make her feel frustrated that why can't we cut to the chase on this? A little of both. A little of both. I think part of it's like, she, she's got a good eye. She's Mm -hmm. been doing this for years. And I think part of it is, um, that (laughs) do we have to go through the next six weeks? But she also knows better to make sure, Mm -hmm. um, but I got to ask her, I said, so let me ask you, is there something very specific and special these two actors did that made you go, that's the person? As in a choice. A choice, a of, costume, yeah. a look, uh, uh, how they pulled their hair back or said the word Beyonce. Bay. <laughs> right? Um, and she thought for a second and she said, no, they just were the character. Mm. And that just reminded me that we strive so hard to be right and to go in and do it and get them and impress them and all of the stuff and make the smart choice and make the this and to stand out. And ultimately what she said is they wore the character. They wore the character better than anyone else. The words coming out of their mouth, it was just no question that that's the character. 
I feel like that makes so much sense, given how many actors are out here now. You know, when when it's a smaller pool to cast from, then well, gosh, out of you six thousand people, who's going to figure out this part? Right. But now there kind of is everybody yeah. out there, and if the part's yours, you just need to make sure you're in line to be seen for it. And yes. Other than that, I don't know. There's a lot you can do. No, and 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 my thought too was like that doesn't mean you slack off and you just show up and go here I go. You have to do all the you know all your choices and 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 that act those actors prepared and you know knew their stuff and showed up 100. percent But they brought themselves to the role. Preparing to be able to bring yourself rather than preparing to execute something. Yeah, to be right. So how does that change what the like hierarchy of preparation is? Because that seems like it's less technical and it seems like it's less about nailing a joke. So I'm trying right. to figure out how do, what's, the, what, what's the way to crystallize that idea? What is the thing that we're trying to find? Is it just how does this part live in me? Is it because I feel like that could also lead to people changing and massaging the words or something to, oh, I'm going to make this more me now. Right. And I think the whole point is, is not changing it to do that. It is... Sometimes it's either yours or it isn't. Yeah. I think we've all had stuff that, that we've auditioned for or been in or done that has been written and the words just come out of your mouth and you're like, this is how I talk. And maybe we, we just got to keep swinging the bat until we get one that connects. Yeah. Um, but I also think it is people who are so good at doing whatever they do that they are naturally landing the joke and they're not technically but a bumping. So maybe part of the lesson there is no matter how much you might love a choice, but if you feel like there's any real degree of having to work at it or work for it to say goodbye to it or stop thinking that maybe there's a way to actually stick the landing on it. And right. really what we're looking for is what is the most effortless kind of way to interact with the, with the sides? I think so. I think that's a good place to start. It's a place to start. And then be better. And then, oh, and also start <laughs> great, yeah. end great, and Correct. then be amazing in the middle. And be repped by somebody huge. Uh, that also helps. Um, so we talked Henry Danger. We talked Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Mm -hmm. The other name that I see come up a lot on your IMDb, and I've also heard you talk about, is Jason Reitman. Yes. Can you talk about uh, your friendship relationship, working relationship? I met Jason when he was 19 years old. Um, he was in college. He started making short films. Were he, you in college at the same time? Were you? I so wish, but no, I had graduated <laughs> several years prior. But um, it was through a group of friends. His girlfriend uh, at the time was roommates with a, a, a buddy of mine's, um, his wife's workmate. Okay. If that makes uh, that may probably makes, makes no sense. I probably approached that completely wrong. But part of a group of friends. And I met him, and, and um, he started making short films, and I was an actor, and he said, hey, would you be in my first short film? And I said, absolutely. Why not? Why not? And so I was Man at Bar and Cadaver. And Cadaver? Two roles. I'm it wasn't that the Man at the Bar found an untimely end and nope, became two cadaver. completely separate roles. You I'm, to prepare very differently I'm for that versatile. Wow. Living um, and dead. Yes, Jeff but I was just... I was extras, uh, you know, an extra for him and absolutely showed up for my friend. And then he wrote me a part in his second short film and wrote me a part in his third and then his fourth and then his fifth. And he said, Jeff Witzke, you're going to be in every film I ever make. And I said, Jason Reitman, I'm going to hold you to that because you said that right in front of your mother. And that's, signed it in blood. Exactly. That is an unbreakable vow. Um, and uh, to this date, uh, except for one that uh, didn't work out timing wise, I have been in every single one of his, uh, his films. Is there any... 
first of all, that's great. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, uh, it's, it's, I'm, it's, I'm blessed. And I mean, on top of that, he's like a great filmmaker yeah. too. It's not just prolific, but yeah. interesting. I, and a great friend and a good guy and just all and he around. He does all the readings to all of the, I don't know about all yeah. of them, but he has the series where, can you tell me about it? What? Yeah, it's, it's live reads at LACMA. I think he just stopped them, but where he would take uh, classic scripts or scripts that he felt were well written and then do a live read of that script on stage not recorded just live for that audience and he would get celebrities to come in would they rehearse beforehand uh no just their own preparation their own preparation he would give them a few notes but he'd do like the all-female reservoir dogs i did that in class actually once that was really really fun yeah uh that might be something we need to do for jrs Mm. yeah just i mean that could be a fun easy reading series exactly um do you have a favorite one of his films that you got for your role in it? What you got to do? Is there one that stands out the most? Oh, well, my favorite was probably his first feature was Thank You for Smoking, where I got to play the kidnapper, kind of the the true, the only, the, the, the pure bad guy in the entire film. There, there are good people who do bad things and bad people who do good things, but I was I was the most evil person. And oh, I, and you got the scene where you're, you're backlit and yes, so you're in yes, shadow. And, and I kidnap Aaron Eckhart and try to kill him with nicotine patches, so... That, that that was my... How many other actors can say that? Right? Zero. Zero. One. Zero. Me. What's the most recent Jason Reitman M- film? The most recent film that I worked on was The Front Runner with um, Hugh Jackman, Vera Farmiga. That was about, what's his last name? Hart. Gary Hart. Gary Hart. Gary Hart, politician in the 80s who was kind of the first political scandal, um, the first one that the legitimate press covered. Okay. Because he had a, like a bad picture that came out with a woman that wasn't his wife. Correct. On he a w- boat somewhere. Correct. A, a boat called, uh, the name of the boat was Monkey Business. So oh. if, if that's just not irony, what is? But um, So he went down for something that would now kind of make you rise in the polls probably. <laughs> correct. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Okay. exactly. But the, but the point of the movie was it, it's not only uh, how he handled this scandal, um, but also how the legitimate press did. And, and because up to that point, like these kind of affairs everyone knew about, but the press didn't cover. And it's the first time that they kind of dipped into the personal life of politicians, especially someone running for president and um, took him down. And he was a pretty smart politician, too. So you get to watch two legitimate movie stars. I mean, it's Wolverine and and uh, and, and Norma Bates. And Norma Bates. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this these are Clash of the Titans. <laughs> yeah. Anything? Any anecdotes? Anything you learned watching those two get to work? Or? Yeah. W- one of the the best parts about um, being in Jason's movies is I try to stay a day or two before and a day or two after the days I'm shooting just to watch and get to watch people like George Clooney and Kate Winslet and you know these people work. Um, and absorb. And that's and, just something you at, you felt comfortable to ask for and said, hey, do you yeah. mind if I hang and around? Hang around in Video Village. And they're like, eh, it's just Witsky. I guess he's he's harmless. Little do they know I'm going to take over the world. <laughs> um, but on the front runner, I got to watch um, uh, an amazing scene of um, uh, Hugh Jackman playing Gary Hart and Vera Farmiga played his wife. And it, it is a scene in the movie in a hotel room and it's the first time she confronts him after the story has come out in person. They've had phone conversations, but it's the first time that they got, they had to be in the same room and talk about it. So that's one of the biggest scenes of the entire movie. Absolutely. Okay. And I got to watch. And um, the first thing that just blew my mind was how amazingly specific they both were about how each of them were feeling about what was happening and how much time they took. 
So let's unpack each one of those. Yep. So in terms of specific about how they were feeling, yeah, is that stuff you're hearing them talk about with Jason and each other, or is it just in the specificity of the performance? Specificity of the performance. Okay. Like it was undeniable. The, the, their specifics created tension. And maybe Jason had a conversation with them, um, but they're just both really freaking good actors. And they came ready to go? Ready to go. Ready to go. So it wasn't a let's kind of feel this out for a little while. Both right. were ready to get in the ring and start throwing some punches. Yes. So the cool, cool thing was the next day after this is when I shot my scene and Hugh was in my scene. Um, we're, we're best friends now. Hugh. Um, Wolfie. Wolfie. And I found a moment when we had a, a down moment where Hugh was just, I think, checking his phone for messages. And I said... Uh, Hugh, and I had met Hugh the day before, and Jason had introduced me as this one of my, you know, my good friends, and Hugh was uh, very cool about that. And so I said, "Hey, Hugh, can I? Do you mind if I ask you a question about acting?" And I and, and all he, of a sudden the Wolverine claws. Came yeah, out. he's like, "Get out!" <laughs> no, um, but he 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 was sitting down, and he literally leapt up. His his eyes sparkled, and he said, "Absolutely." And, and uh, it was like talking to a 10-year-old boy about his new truck, you so know? So what did you ask him? So I asked him. I said, I, um, I, said, I happened to notice. I watched you and Vera shoot your scene yesterday. And, I, and I, um, I'm just curious. Do you do anything different in between the master, the wide, and the close-up in your process? And he thought for a moment. He's like, that's, that's a good question. And I do a horrible uh, Australian accent, but... Um, we'll put in his. We'll dub yeah, that in. Exactly, dub that in. He's like, no. No, you... Well, he's like, obviously there's the, the old standard, you do less in the close-up. But he's like, as far as process, no. No. I do, no. The ex- I do the exact same thing. And, I, and the reason I asked that question, it wasn't a trick question, but because I noticed a difference. What do you see? What I saw was he was more still in the close-up. He was more, um, he took more time in that close-up. And he was just that one notch deeper in his performance. And my curiosity factor was, is this from years of just doing this and he knows? Or does Hugh Jackman know, I dial it down 30%. Like, that, is that a conscious decision? And it was, for me, it was comforting to know that, no, it's just part of, he just knows to do that. It's an instinct. It's an instinct. Um, but there was this definite difference. Um, not huge, but... You could feel it. Yeah, you could feel it, his stillness. And I said, your stillness was unbelievable. And he's like, oh, thank you very much. And he said, but I will tell you, I will tell you something. You can tell your acting students. I said, oh, what is that, Mr. Hugh Jackman, that I may tell my acting students? Um, He said, we are shooting two cameras on this. So he said, what you saw happened is there was a camera getting my coverage and a camera getting Vera's coverage. And a lot of times in films, we do my turn, your turn, my turn, your turn to get the coverage. And so you have to do the scene over and over again. He said, we got to be in the same scene. And he's like, that makes a world of difference. And he's like, if I had known about this earlier in my career, I would have begged for it on every film for every time there's a major scene like this. He's like, because it's just, it's so much easier because you're in the scene. You're both equally invested. It's both of your coverage. The scene matters equally to both of you. Yep. Wow. Yeah. 
Okay, and then the stillness that you're talking about. Do you think that most of that stillness ends up in the final cut, or do you think that a lot of that gets cut, but it allows the actors to take their time to find specificity or their breath or their emotion or whatever? I think what it does is it gives the editor, because um, I've, I've got some friends who are editors, and it gives them a chance to really craft the performance one more level beyond with what's there. And it doesn't rush anything. You know what I mean? So it gives them the ability to, I want to come in quick on this. I want to give it that beat. Yeah. And now you let them make those choices a little bit for Correct. you. Because in seeing the film, the, the scene was definitely not as long as it took. But I think it was such a tender scene that I guarantee you, Jason said, guys, just don't rush. Just, just do it. Just live in it. And we can, you know, if it takes too long, we can fix that in editing. But it just allowed him that there was a moment where he was processing and processing and processing and then looked up at her and there was just that that sorrow in his eyes that he knew he had fucked up. That you're like, oh, I'm so glad he didn't rush that because now they can just cut to that. But, you know, he might have needed a moment to really go there. I feel like the permission to slow down is really one of the signs of an actor who's working a lot and it, it shows a certain level of I'm entitled to take the time. Yeah. I'm not going to apologize. I'm not out of fear going to rush through this thinking it's boring. Those questions kind of just leave the arena. Yep. And instead it's all about carefully crafting and holding yourself to being present in all of those moments. Yes. And not one moment was wasted yes. in any way. You know, it wasn't, he wasn't just waiting to wait. So tell me a uh, story of your first job. First, first acting job. job. First acting job in Los Angeles. So I got, I got two. The first was my very first paid job as an actor was there was a late night soap opera called Valley of the Dolls, based on the Valley of the Dolls, the book and the movie and all that stuff, um, starring Sally Kellerman, Kirkland Kellerman, not the one who was in Old School with Rodney Dangerfield, but the other one. Um, the one that's sponsored by Costco, Sally Kirkland. <laughs> yes, exactly. They have one of everything. They have one of everything. So it, I played um, a singing and dancing uh, apple in a... What was um, your costume? It was an apple. My friend called felt, and said... I, uh plastic? It, it was, yeah, it was kind of a, a, a felt wide thing that my friend in Michigan called me and he watched it and said, you make, the, you're the best tomato I've ever seen. Oh, I was going to ask green apple or red apple. Yeah, I was like red. I'm okay. like, I was an apple. So I guess I didn't do a good job. <laughs> They're both fruit. Yeah. We think yeah, tomatoes we, yeah, and veggie, but exactly. really very yeah. similar. Correct. Okay. So you play this uh, red apple. Yeah. I had to sing and dance that they had to, uh, you know, you teach the us a song. Fruits and veggies. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> Eat them every Time and you'll hum, hum, hum. Good for the tummy, good for the brain. Eat healthy food and you'll sing this refrain. Veggie, veg, fruit, yummy, yum. Wow. It's amazing the things that will stick with you forever. And then you will not be able to learn a line tonight. And you're going to try to figure it out and just wonder, why did I fill up my brain with that yum, yum song? I have not said that out loud in 20 years. Well, I'm glad we brought it back. Oh, uh, and that job, how did you, how'd you come by? Was it just, uh, you happen to get sent out and book it? Uh, I was working at a day job, um, as an assistant at Disney and one of my bosses, she was, uh, uh, used to be an actress, but had kind of given it up to work. And her husband was still an actor dancer and he was hired to choreograph 
the singing vegetables and they realized they needed an apple and they said do you know any guys who will come in and do this and he just called her and said would, would jeff come tomorrow and do this and she said i think he would and boom, my Hollywood career started. I like to picture that there's a bat signal for you. It's the Whitsky signal. <laughs> exactly. It's like a W. Or maybe it's just like your face on an apple or something. Yeah. <laughs> just just up in the, the sky. Night sky yep. Until Reitman gets you. Yep. It's perfect. Exactly. Um, so, uh, last couple questions. Yeah. What is weekend workout? Weekend workout is uh, one of the newer classes at JRS. Um, uh, a kind of a, a pet project of mine that I wanted to kind of bring for um, a different style of class. Um that focuses, first of all, it's on the weekends and we don't have a lot of weekend classes. And, and for people who are busy, there are people who have full-time jobs. As I just said, I had a full-time job as a, an assistant at Disney. There are people who still wanna learn. So it's a class for them um, on the weekend. Uh, and the focus of it is kind of, you do your own work at home. And, and I like to focus as, as if you booked a guest star on a TV show. You get the script, you work on the lines, you work on everything and you show up to set you're given, you're given some blocking and then you shoot. Like there is no week long rehearsal. There is no, you don't get the privilege of that with, no, you don't, you don't, the director, you know, barely, as I tell my students, I'm like 95% of the work I've done on television is almost verbatim what I did in the uh, audition. Because there's no time to craft a performance. You do what you do, and they're like that. Just do that. Do that again, please. Yes, do that again, because that will fit into our show. So, but it's the idea of of getting an assignment for the week. Um, you you learn the scene. You come in. You get to uh, you get partnered up. You run the lines as as you would on set. You would there'd be a, a quick line rehearsal and or blocking rehearsal. You're given some blocking. You run the scene. Then you're given notes. Sometimes it's a generic uh, director note of uh, slow down this part and don't forget that you love her, that part. Or sometimes we'll, we'll, if we have time, we break it down a little more. Don't forget this beat. Don't forget this beat and all that stuff. And then they get to run it again. They get to take two. So the preparation really kind of mirrors the onset experience a little bit more. So maybe we won't get to explore and craft quite so much or, or work on really how your process is, is happening over a long period of time. Correct. But which is, you get to work on the muscle of you book the job, you're on set and the expectations are clear. Which is why I'm calling it weekend workout and not an ongoing class because we are literally just working out the acting muscle. Your process, what your hurdles are, all that stuff. That's why we have ongoing classes to really dive into your career, your agent, your this, your that. Like, why can't I do this? What's going on here? That's all for ongoing. This literally is like going to the gym and just working out your acting muscle because I'm a huge fan of it. It is a muscle. That, and the more we work it, the better. And the better abs you get. Correct. And it's all about abs. It's all if about you have abs, you, you, you are great. And what I like to say is um, because there aren't weekly rehearsals, that it is not for the lazy actor, it is for the busy actor, because everyone in the class is showing up prepared, ready to go, and, and, and they show up. And I think that's really important, too, for your classmates to be like, because otherwise, if everyone's on book stumbling through, that's not the onset experience, and we don't get to really, um, to really get as much as we can. Is but it on camera? It is not on camera. It is just in the room. But again, the idea too is we get in, we do the work, and we get out. You say that there's blocking. Is that thing? That, is that something you give them? Do you put fake marks down? How does that kind of express itself? Yes. Um, uh, sometimes I ask them to come with some blocking thoughts um, to help, and then I'll generally give them some blocking. Sometimes we do it just like on set, where everyone has their sides, and we walk through it. Um, sometimes they'll give it a stab and then I'll, I'll adjust the blocking, but yeah, we have marks sometimes. Um, 
We did uh, we did one where I pretended I was a cameraman with you know a handheld camera in their face to be like, what is that acting uh, like? After watching Handmaid's Tale and knowing that 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 camera is up in their face to be like, does this throw us? Does this not? Wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing that. Uh, any last thing you want to plug? Anything coming up? Uh, let's see. I just did uh, an episode of Jane the Virgin. It is the final season of Jane the Virgin. Exciting. So, Do we I, have an air date for that? Uh, we don't yet, but I think it just is starting. So it's episode 10. So uh, a- episode 10 of season 5, Jane the Virgin. Uh, look for the uh, couple buying a house, and you may recognize me. A famous apple from television years past. Fruits and veggies. Yum, yum, yum. Well, take a look at Jane the Virgin, Weekend Workout, and your Tuesday night ongoing. Uh, Thank you for stopping by, Jeff Whiskey. This was fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you to Jeff Witzke and presenting sponsor John Rosenfeld Studios. Uh, if you haven't already, please tell a friend, please subscribe to the podcast, please give us a rating. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, YouTube, pretty much everywhere now. And on top of that, you can contact us on social media and email at industrytownpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you again, and we'll see you later this week with another new episode. Till then. Till then.